Hello, welcome back to a new episode of the Leading Yourself podcast. You know, in this podcast, I talk a lot about what and how, and I even get into the why, but I don't think I've ever talked about when. And I came across this book, The Power of When, by Dr. Michael Bruce, that I found just fascinating. It's not only important what you do or how you do it, but when you do it. And that can make a huge difference in the outcome of whatever is that you're doing. Today, I have Dr. Michael Bruce as a guest on the Leading Yourself podcast. And we're going to talk about exactly this, the power of when. We also talk about his upcoming book releasing this December called Energize, Go from Dragging Ass to Kicking It in 30 Days. Dr. Bruce is teaming up with the Soul Cycle Founding Instructor Stacy Griffin to present a revolutionary science-based program to give you the energy you need to achieve your dreams. Who doesn't want that? I mean, in a world where the most common words that we use now is burnout and exhaustion, who doesn't want to feel energized? Well, Stick around because Dr. Bruce is going to share some of his secrets on how to do that, just relaying on science and without having to be dependent on caffeine or energy drinks or anything like that, that long-term can have a more negative impact to your overall health. So here with you, Dr. Michael Bruce. Welcome to the Leading Yourself podcast. This is your host, Carolina de Arriba. I'm an HR professional, health and fitness coach, wife, mom, and above all things, a goal getter. In this podcast, we're going to be digging into all things leadership, professional and career development, habits, and relationships. This is a podcast for those who want to become the best version of themselves. Those who have big dreams and are willing to embrace the journey and put in the work to achieve them. My goal is to share with you the tools, tips, and tricks to help you in your journey. So let's dig in into today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of the Leading Yourself podcast. This week, I'm so honored to have with me Dr. Michael Bruce. He's a clinical psychologist, a diplomat of the American Board of Sleep, um, a fellow of the American Academy of Sleep Medicine. He has been practicing for over 23 years, has been featured in Dr. show more than 40 times, I think. Um, he has wrote in four different books, some of which I have with me today. Um, one new book coming out that we'll talk about. He recently was named the top sleep specialist in California by Reader's Digest, and also is among the top 10 globally doctor, sleep doctors, right? And he's known as the sleep doctor. Um, I just checked the list actually today and you're number five. So it's such an honor to have you here today um, having this conversation with you. Welcome to the Leading Yourself podcast. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. What a great introduction. I should, I should hire you to do all of my introductions. You're very good at it. 
I have to say that I'm really impressed with your work. Um, I actually heard about you because I was on a training class and the instructor, the trainer, was talking about the different chronotypes and when to exercise and when to eat. And I was so curious that I went and got your book, The Power of When. And here in the podcast, I talk a lot about what to do, how to do it, why to do it. But I don't think I've ever talked about when to do things and when, you know, the power of when in your book, it was so enlightening. It, it's, it was just enlightening. So can you, can you share why, when it's so important? Yeah. So first of all, you're very kind. Thank you for, for those kind words. It always makes me feel good to know when people see positive things in my work. So thank you very much. Um, you know, it, it really was a discovery for me through working with my patients. So I had a patient um, and you, you, I, you might have heard the story before. It's in the introduction of the book. I had a patient who I just could not fix. And um, we discovered that she was an extreme night owl. And so there was no reason to fix her, what I call a wolf. Um, and um, she kind of led me down this interesting pathway. So what happened was that she had this terrible insomnia and um, I tried everything. I tried behavioral treatments. We tried medication. We tried supplements. Nothing was going to work. So I had her come back into the, uh, into the office and started talking with her again. And she said, Dr. Bruce, if I could just have a different time zone, life would be perfect. She said, if I could just go to bed at one o'clock and wake up at nine o'clock, like everything would be fine. And so I said to her, I said, well, why don't you do that? She says, oh, I've got a husband, I've got kids, I've got a family, I've got a work, I've got all these different things. And she said, and by the way, I, I'm not doing so well at my job. I keep falling asleep at work. They're getting upset with me. I think things are going really poorly. And so I said, well, can I call your boss? She said, yeah, sure. Go ahead, call my boss. So I called her boss. And he told me that he indeed was planning on firing her at the end of the week. Uh, and I said, look, we want to run an experiment. I think there's something going on with her sleep. And I said, can she come in at around 11 and work until seven? And he was like, sure, as long as she gets her work done, that's fine. I said, all right, great. I'll call you at the end of the week. So we figured out the schedule. I called him at the end of the week. He said, I got three more employees I want you to talk to. That was the first words out of his mouth. He was like, she's going to keep her job. He was like, we've really learned that people can have different schedules that are biological and it can have tremendous effect on them. And so once we kind of understood that whole situation better, then I, I started to think about it. And I've always been that way myself. I've always been a night person, a night owl. Um, it was very usual, and both of my parents were as well. It was very usual for our whole family when I was 10, 11, 12 to be up at midnight. There were, that, there'd be nothing unusual about that. We'd all be reading books or watching television or what, but we were all always night owls. Uh, and I got very fortunate personally um, because the woman that I ended up marrying is also a night owl. Um, but we didn't even know it at the time because I hadn't been studying sleep. We met uh, when I was in graduate school. Um, but it was interesting because, you know, she said, hey, pick me up at eight o'clock for, you know, for dinner. And we get to the restaurant at 830. We'd be done by 10. You know, then we go to the movies till midnight. Then we go get a drink. It'd be two o'clock in the morning. But it was fine because we were both on that same schedule, you know. And, and that's what also made me want to broaden the book more and not just talk about sleep. Um, but it turns out there are four distinct um, sleep patterns that are, believe it or not, genetic, 
Um, people always ask me all the time, they're like, oh, can I change my sleep pattern? The answer is no, but it will change for you as you age. We'll talk about that in just a second. So there's four different, uh, what we call chronotypes. So just to give everybody a good definition, a chronotype is your genetic circadian rhythm, okay? And so circadian rhythms affect all kinds of things all over your body, which is actually what the book is all about. Um, not just sleep rhythms, but all kinds of other interesting, goofy, fun, uh, and important uh, rhythms for yeah. sure. Um, and so once you understand what your chronotype is, you actually know where your hormones are flowing. So the thing that's fascinating is hormones flow at a very predictable schedule, but it all has to happen based on when you wake up. That wake up time is genetically predetermined, and that is part of your chronotype. So for folks who love to get up at 4.30 in the morning, I call them lions, right? Now, to be clear, I wasn't, the, there you go. So to be clear, I wasn't the person who came up with all of this vernacular to begin with. Back in the 70s, there was a scale called a morningness, eveningness scale. Um, and we've learned a lot of things. There are certain diseases uh, that are more prevalent at certain times of day. For example, asthma has a tendency to be more so in the evenings than in the mornings, assuming that you're not in like a field of pollen or something along those lines, right? So, so it's very interesting. But so if you're one of these people that naturally wakes up at 4.30, five o'clock, you're an early bird or what I call a lion. Now, what we've also done is we've done a lot of personality testing. We've learned a lot about these people. Now, I mean, not every person has every personality trait, but for generally speaking, Lions are my COOs. These are my people who like to get stuff done. They're good at managing people. They're not necessarily the ones who do the hard labor, but they are the ones who figure out the ways to do it in the most efficient way. Um, these are the people that like to make a list every single day and go from step one to step two to step three to step four, you know, almost militant in their thinking. Um, they're usually health oriented as well. They are uh, generally speaking, healthy people. They like to exercise sometimes to an extreme. Uh, unfortunately, I've got some lions who, you know, they're the ultra marathoners, if you will. Um, but being a lion is not necessarily always a great thing. A lot of people ask me this question, you know, they say, how bad could it be to be a lion? Socially, it's terrible. They're up since five o'clock in the morning. They're freaking exhausted by the time it's like eight o'clock at night, going out on a date for them is like misery. You know, they, they want to eat dinner early, you know, cuddle on the couch and be done. Like that's, that's a perfect night for a lot of the lions. So that sometimes that works well, sometimes it doesn't. I can um, attest to that. Um, yeah. I, I'm definitely a lion. And what was very interesting to me is, and I know you're going to get to all the types, but mm -hmm. my husband is a wolf. Yeah. And when I read the book, a lot of things start to make sense. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's like this key that unlocks this big secret. <laughs> yes. It's really funny. The book really turned into more of a communication tool um, than anything else. We were very surprised. We thought it was going to be kind of a fun pop psychology, you know, learn this little new thing about yourself type of book. But people have really found, um, they learn when to speak to their partners. Because as, like in your case, you've got somebody who's a night owl and you're an, a morning person. Knowing when to hit him with an important discussion becomes very important, right? Because if you hit him at a time where he's exhausted, you're not going to get the response that you're looking for. So it's it's very interesting way to kind of have a secret key, not only to your life, but to your whole family's life. And you can see it in your kids. 
Uh, you can see it in your spouse. You can see it in your, in your extended family as well. Uh, so that's lions. Um, they, they make up about 15% of the population. Bears are the largest group. They make up about 55% of the population. Now, to be fair, being a bear is the best. I kind of wish I was a bear. And I'll tell you why. Because the whole world runs on a bear schedule. Um, I, everybody out there does the nine to five, and that's perfect for a bear. Um, we have, by the way, we've had over a million people take the quiz. Um, by the way, you can learn what your chronotype is by going to chronoquiz.com. We'll put the website and all that good stuff in the show notes yes. um, for you. Not a problem. But um, yeah, if you, uh, if you, it's interesting because bears are the people who do get the stuff done. Bears, uh, by, we had a million people go through the quiz. We, we found out that there are early bears and there are late bears. So there are bears who like to get up a little on the early side and there are bears who like to sleep in a little bit. But don't worry, we have a whole article about what are hybrids because those do seem to exist as well. But bears are my uh, fundamental get it done kind of people. Um, they're the enjoyable people who invite you over for a drink or for dinner. Um, they're the people who get the work done. Uh, they make up the largest percentage of the population. Uh, next come uh, what I call the wolves, used to be called the night owls. So uh, I am a wolf, like I said before, I have been my whole life, um, always been a night-ish person, although I will say I, I turned 53 um, uh, last year, and I will say that I'm starting to feel myself getting up earlier and earlier and falling asleep earlier and earlier. It's um, what you mentioned before, right, be that before. as you age, your chronotype yes. might change. Exactly, and exactly, and so that is what I believe is happening, and that probably has to do with melatonin production that's being what's called phase advanced um, by my circadian rhythm. And this has to do with my age, right? So the clock is starting to <laughs> wear out a little bit, going a little backwards on my end, hopefully not for those out there listening, but on my end it is. So that's one of the things that you get to expect to have happen. But as a night owl, um, we've learned that uh, night owls are very creative. This is where my actors, my musicians, my scientists, my people like that are really in the night-ish format, um, and they like it there. Um, they are usually the life of the party. They're rarely health conscious. Um, uh, interestingly, they are big risk takers. Um, oftentimes, uh, they also have a tendency to, um, to have the most health complications um, because they are the biggest risk takers. Um, so these people like to party, uh, but they're very, very loyal, loyal friends. Um, so uh, being a wolf myself, they, we make up about 15% of the population. The three different ones I just talked about, the lion, the bear, and the wolf, um, these have been around since the dawn of time, if you think about it, right? So go back to hunter-gatherer times. We know that the people who were the hunters were the lions, right? They were because they killed before dawn and you know bring the meat back to the village the people that woke up and tended to the village they would be the bears and then the people who were security right who were up anyway were probably the ones who were the wolves right so this all makes sense my contribution to the literature was i found a group of genetic um people who uh who are insomniacs who are just really kind of messed up sleepers we i call them the dolphins now you might be wondering, well, why on earth would you call dolphins? So first of all, every animal um, has the circadian rhythm that it represents. So lions really are early birds, wolves really are nocturnal, and bears really are in the middle. Dolphins are interesting um, because they sleep what's called unihemispherically. So half of their brain is asleep, while the other half is awake and looking for predators. So I felt like 
they're never quite asleep. And I felt like that represents these insomniac dolphins who are out there. Now, they're very much like lions. Um, they're very intelligent. Um, they like to bing, 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 get stuff done. Um, but they're high anxious, um, almost obsessive compulsive. Um, and they never feel like their thing is finished or completed. Meanwhile, everybody else around them is like, you've got to be kidding me, you're fine. So um, they're an interesting group to work with. The book I wrote, the, book I wrote uh, the Power of When, was primarily aimed at dolphins because it gives them these schedules that they can follow, uh, which can be very, very helpful. So, so what we did with the book, which was kind of fun, was we decided to take all of the circadian research that was being done out there and basically put it on a clock for each one of the chronotypes to teach them when was, quote, the perfect time to do stuff. Um, and so the book is sectioned out in a whole host of ways. Um, we've got uh, like sports is one section. We've got relationships is one section. I've got work is a section. Um, creativity, I think, is a section. So it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, people really enjoy it, chronoquiz.com. Um, so now I have something new that's coming out that I want to tell you about. Yeah, before we jump into what it's coming new, I have a couple of questions about all what you just shared. Fire away. <laughs> so we mentioned that these chronotypes are genetic, but with age, they change. And, and yes. you mentioned you know, how babies are, you know, they go to bed early, they wake up early, then you have teenagers that struggle. And yes. I've They're heard old. a lot of um, studies out there about just schedules at school and how they are mm -hmm. reversed, right? Like, you see right. high school starts totally. earlier and then like elementary so school starts later. What yeah, are your thoughts on that? So I think it's terrible. So the data is very consistent. We need teenagers starting school at like 10 o'clock. Um, they would do so much better. Um, also, we've got a lot of teenagers who are actually driving to school, right? Because they get their permits when they're 16. And so that now you've got a sleepy kid who's also an inexperienced driver you know, at a time when we know that there's more traffic accidents because there's just plain old more traffic, right? Like it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure this out. Right. right? And the data is super consistent. Kids are more awake if you let them wake up. Um, there was some great work out of the University of, uh, I believe it was Minnesota, uh, where they saw a full gra letter grade change. So kids went from having Bs in first period to having As just by having them go to, go to um, class later. Um, and I've worked with several schools here in California who've adopted this schedule. Uh, and it's been uh, very interesting. Work, I'm work sure it's well. an interesting study to see how the correlation between those things, because yeah. when I read the book, I'm like, our schedules are completely upside right. down. And as you said, as a society, we have these standards about schedules. And while bears, which are the majority of the population fall, as bears, as you said, fall into that schedule, you still have 45% of the population that technically are making adjustments to what naturally comes to them to adjust to working schedules and how, you know, in general, how things work, like at what time you eat, at what time you go to work and all those things. It was fascinating for me um, in your book, The Power of When. And I started to do a little experiment myself and, and observing um, when I have meetings, which typically meetings are scheduled whenever there's a space in my calendar. 
that has been the rule, right? There's a space open and someone will schedule a meeting. And after reading your book, I started to pay attention on meetings where I had to make decisions, meetings where it was more require my creativity, like brainstorming meetings. And, you know, some of these happen in the morning, some of them happen in the afternoon. And I really saw that, you know, like, depending on the time of the meeting, I felt I was contributing more to that meeting if it was aligned that interesting? with what you recommended in the book. And I'm like, this is so interesting. And now I'm trying to be more mindful when, when I schedule meetings, especially important meetings, when I have to make an important decision or mm-hmm. brainstorming meetings, if I am able to suggest the time, um, I'm really trying to because I can tell the difference. There are meetings that the meeting is over and I'm like, I didn't speak up and I had so many things to say, or I don't recollect all the details of the meeting. And there's other meetings where I'm leading the meeting, I'm contributing, like I'm excited. And it might be the same topic. The only difference is when the meeting is taking place, which was really an eye opener to me when I read the book. Yeah, it's not, it's just, it's not apparent to people that there's, like I said, it's like the secret code, right? And you, the funniest part is once you figure it out about yourself, you can start figuring it out about other people, right? Especially people that you know well, right? So one of the things people always want to know from me, they say, well, Michael, how do you know when the best time is to ask for a raise, right? Good question, right? So it's on the book as well. Yeah, no, we got, I got a whole chapter in the book about it, right? But, it's, but if you think about it, you say to yourself, okay, how do I determine if my boss is one of these four chronotypes? Like, let's put this into action, right? So it's actually easier than you might imagine. So look at when they correspond with you, but to primarily with email, right? So if you get somebody who's sending you emails that are landing in your inbox at 6 a.m., they're a lion. I can assure you of that, right? Um, next, um, look at when do they arrive at work? If they arrive right at nine o'clock, they're a bear. No question about it. Okay. Um, now, if you want to know if they're a wolf, look for late night emails or late arrivals at work, right? All of a sudden, you got, if, if they're not any of the three and they're driving you crazy, they're a dolphin and you may need to be looking for a new job or something like that because <laughs> dolphins are not easy to work for, right? I but, yeah, right. But if you think about that now, you start to know because you go into the book and you know when is that person in a good mood? When is that person going to be more likely to be positive? Um, when is that person going to likely sit back and think? Because when you go in to have a big ask, like for a raise or a new position or something like that, you want to have all the cards stacked in your favor. And it would really be terrible if you hit them at the very worst moment, you know, for them, just from a pure hormonal standpoint, you don't get the result you're looking for. And that whole situation could have been avoided, you know? Um, also, it's magic with spouses. Like if you really can dial into your, to your significant other's um, chronotype and know like when they're in good moods and when they're in bad moods can be very advantageous. <laughs> yeah, I was sharing a little bit about that because I, you know, as a lion, I care a lot about my health. I wake up at five in yeah. the morning. I work out before, you know, right before I wake up. Um, and I was talking to my husband and, uh, exercising together. And 
I mean, asking him to wake up at five in the morning to exercise is the worst thing, right? And I keep telling him, you need to exercise and try to exercise before going to work. And it almost became an argument. And one day I went to the treadmill and I saw his water glass there. And I asked him, like, did you run? And you're like, yeah, yesterday at 9 p.m. when after you went to bed. And I'm like, what? (laughs) But when I read the book, I understood like that is, you know, for him, that is a, a, a good time because he doesn't go to sleep until one in the morning. Right. Um, And in my case at nine, I'm like, I really need to push hard to stay awake. Like my energy is really drained at 9 p.m. Right. Yeah. No, it's I mean, it is. It's so fascinating. And like I said, you can learn about it about yourself. You can learn about it um, from everybody else. But yeah, no, I I really enjoyed uh, the writing of it. And the research is just phenomenal. We had over 220 studies uh, in the book that go into all the different areas. Did you said you had some more questions surrounding the book? Well, I want to jump into your new project, the new book that is launching, because I think that with the pandemic, you know, one, it has been a great opportunity for people to adjust to their natural chronotypes. I think when we're working from home, like I felt more energy because I've been in my rhythm. Um, And that is, and I think also there's a lot of talk about burnout lately. And we attribute this to the pandemic, we attribute it to many things, but it has been a buzzword. And a lot of people are talking about experiencing burnout and how to avoid burnout. And one of the signs of burnout is lack of energy. And I think um, I'm so excited about your book, Energize, which I'm so curious because you are co-authoring this book with Stacy Griffin, who is the founding senior master instructor of soul cycling. And I'm like, what is that combination? And I, know, um, I read the summary about, you know, how to get energy. And before this interview, we were talking about how energy drinks are so popular these days, but yeah. it's that immediate energy that has that long-term negative effect. And it seems like your book is going to give a personalized recipe on how you can maximize and manage your energy based on what we were just talking about chronotypes and some other yep. aspects. Exactly. So I, you just teed it right up for me. You're perfect. <laughs> so what we did was, so Stacy came to me. So Stacy is the founding trainer uh, for a company here called Soul Cycle, which is uh, they do spinning classes, like these super fun spinning classes. They're crazy. Um, I've, she's been, she was my instructor. It was a lot of fun. We had a great time. Um, but she came up to me and she said, Michael, she said, we both have, clients and they both say the same thing why am i so damn exhausted all the time right and so we started to look at the idea of chronotypes and body types so if you think back to high school biology where you learned about those body types endomorph mesomorph and ectomorph those are actual real body types and so what we decided to do was we decided to, we had over a million people have taken the quiz. So we took a group of about 5,000 people and um, we sent them this body type quiz and we discovered, um, and then we sent them a survey about what exercises they like to do, what exercise they didn't like to do, um, things of that nature. When did they have the most energy, when they have the least energy. And um, we discovered a pattern emerged that there are not four chronotypes any longer. Now there are actually eight. Um, wow. 
So you, we've now been able to, with just five exercises, five times a day, uh, and it takes five minutes. So it's literally 25 minutes a day. Um, you end up doing these different types of exercises. The morning one is a stretch. Then the mid-morning one is a bounce. Then the next one is a strength. And the next one is a build. And the final one is a stretch again, um, or balance rather is the final one. What's good about it is you only do them for five minutes. So you never have to break a sweat, but it breaks up the monotony of your day. It moves your body around. But you, if you do this based on your chronotype, you actually have continuous energy throughout the day. So you don't need the energy drinks or you know the caffeine or what have you. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying a cup of coffee isn't good every now and then, um, but this book was specifically designed to within about 30 days, if you follow it closely, you'll be surprised at how much energy you've got. I'm looking forward to the book. I mean, I typically have really good, and I really care about my energy. Like I work out because of the energy yeah. that it gives me. I sleep seven right. to eight hours a day. Like I, I, everything that I do health-wise, my main goal typically is the energy and, and, and having the energy to do all the things that I want to do. And I think that is something mm -hmm that it's become such a big topic of people just being exhausted because in our society, there's nonstop, right? If you're not working, you're doing things at home or your phone is vibrating and we have all these distractions right. that add all these, it drained your energy, right? And um, sure. one thing that I've done, and I don't know if you talk about this in your book or there's any correlation, but it's just doing an inventory of what activities are energy draining and what activities yep. energize you. Because I think a lot of times we see other people doing things and talking about, you know, go for a run and you'll have a lot of energy or do this and you have a lot of energy and not everyone gets energy from the same activities. Right. And so that, so we actually break it out by chronotype. That's the thing that we kind of discovered is certain chronotypes seem to like certain activities better. So the basic formula is your energy gains have to outweigh your energy drains, right? So, and, and how you want to look at that, we, do, we break energy down into several different aspects. So one is emotional energy. Uh, one is physical energy. One is spiritual energy. Um, and then one are your is environmental energy, right? So when you look at environmental energy, it's like, are there what we call um, energy suckers, you know, energy vampires in your life that come in and they just suck out your time and they just, you know, make you not want to live type of people, you know, like, how do we get those people out of your life type of things? Are, are there certain activities that you like to do more, do you, are you more of a walker than you are a Pilates person? Well, it turns out that we've actually seen that in different types of chronotypes. So might give you an opportunity to try something new or maybe get rid of something that you haven't really ever liked that much to begin with. Um, so we, there's that kind of aspect to it. So it's really, it has been quite fascinating to sort of see um, how people are doing it and what they're doing with it um, and things like that and, and sort of how it's changing their life. Awesome. Um, aside from these exercises that you mentioned, I'm sure sleep mm -hmm. plays an important role in this, in, in the whole energy. So we talk, yeah, so sleep plays a big role and we really reinforce the chronotype stuff, but then we also take on nutrition. Now, to be fair, nutrition is a big topic. So what yes. we really did was focus in on intermittent fasting. 
Um, so that way you can create whatever nutritional situation you want that's best for you. If Mediterranean diet is your thing, go for it. If keto is your thing, fine. If um, you know vegetarian, vegan is your thing, go for it. But what I just want you to know is when you eat, right? And right. so in keeping with my whole theory here, is we give you intermittent fasting schedules based on your chronotype. So one of the things that most people don't do with intermittent fasting is adjust it based on their chronotype. For, so for example, in your situation, you're a lion. I would have you eating earlier and stopping eating later or, or earlier in the day than many people otherwise would do. Bears, might I would shift lower. You know, wolves, I would shift lower. So we've got the data to show that it actually seems to be helpful. Um, for people, they seem to be uh, more likely to adhere to it. Um, so, uh, you know, it's been pretty interesting so far to kind of look at that. So we're really trying to tie, it's really a 24 hour a day lifestyle book, I would say. Yeah, on that topic of nutrition, I think also a lot of people go to nutrition in terms of, oh, I need a diet to lose weight, but I hear more and more people right. going to nutrition just from an energy standpoint to, to your point, and you touch on the point of intermittent fasting. Um, what are your theories or studies that you've done around that feeding window? Is there an impact on how wide or short is that feeding window into your energy? So it's interesting. Um, so it depends upon your chronotype. Um, but what, we, what we're seeing is, is that people with smaller feeding windows um, seem to have more energy across the board. Um, food slows you down, just seems to be what is, is what's happening. Um, but it's much more significant in my lions. So we have to be careful with the lions because sometimes they'll want to just have like a four-hour feeding window in a 24-hour period. And that's just I'm not saying you can't do that, but I think people should really limit themselves to a six hour feeding window. I think once you start getting down to where you're fasting 20 hours a day, then you really should be under a doctor's care. You really should be, you know, like making sure you don't have any deficiencies, looking at exactly what your nutrition is, making sure you're getting your supplementation and macros, things like that. Um, but that's a whole different kind of, you know, right. universe of people. Yeah. So um, a couple it's of cool other, stuff. yeah, a couple of other questions, random questions, really, that I have. Um, we talked mm -hmm. about energy drinking and caffeine. Uh, is all caffeine yep. made equal? So not really. So there's this stuff called guarana, um, which is a lot more potent. And we see that now used in energy drinks. Um, some people are using um Cat, like I guess you could call them a caffeine catalyst. So there are substances that make caffeine more absorbable, um, things like that. So, I mean, I wouldn't say that all caffeine is equal um, at all. Um, plus, don't forget, they throw in a lot of sugar um, right. on top of it all to just really make things, you know, move through the limbic system quickly. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I would say that if you... Number one, if you need an energy drink every day, you have a problem, um, just bottom line. Um, number two, if you utilize energy drinks for certain situations, like long car ride, um, uh, that makes sense to me, um, you know, uh, things like that. But if you really are finding yourself, and I get it, like this is a multi-billion dollar a year industry, if you find yourself constantly needing more energy, my 
my cautionary tale to you is caffeine does not replace sleep. So you'd be better off getting a good night's sleep and seeing what your energy is like then and slowly pulling yourself off the caffeine because then you, then you get a true metric because your body might be trying to tell you something's going wrong. And all you're doing is, you know, forcing caffeine, you know, down your throat to be up and, you know, working, working, working. And, you know, you could have a mild case of sleep apnea. You could have a case of narcolepsy. There's a lot of sleep disorders that are out there that people don't really think about. And caffeine is kind of that panacea that goes across them. So, you know, I, and again, look, do I have a cup of coffee every now and then? Sure. Absolutely. I do. Um, so I'm not saying I'm not condemning all caffeine, but it's something that you need on a daily basis, you want to take a look at that. Um, okay. Um, the other, I know that, uh, you know, we were talking about this topic of performance and productivity, and we talked about the chronotype. So you, you already kind of answered this question, but how do you know how many hours of sleep do you need really to get the rest that yep. you need to be the most productive and have yep. the, the most energy that you, you can't? Yep. So the easiest way to do it is to go to chronoquiz.com, take your chronotype quiz, and then you get an email from me where I tell you exactly what time to go to bed and what time to wake up. So that's the easy part. Um, but you can run the experiment. Um, I have a lot of people who run that experiment. So number one, when do you wake up naturally? Right. Um, and um, so most people have a socially determined wake up time, right? Whatever time your dogs get up, or you got to get your kids ready for school, you got to go to work, whatever. So let's just say it's 630. So we know that the average, the average uh, sleep cycle is 90 minutes long. And we know the average human has five of those. So five times 90 is 450 minutes, which is uh, seven and a half hours. So if you, if you got to get up at 630, count backwards seven and a half hours, go to bed at 11. So if you go to bed at 11 for a week and you wake up just before your alarm at 6.30, then you nailed it. You figured out how much you need and when you need it. If you need an alarm after seven days to still wake you up, go to bed 15 minutes earlier, see what happens. Then still need an alarm after seven days, go to bed 15 minutes earlier. That's how you discover what your sleep need is. Now, and also by the way, it might change. Um, for women, it actually changes throughout their menstrual cycle. I've got a lot of women who need more sleep just before their period and then less sleep after their period. So we have differential bedtimes that they can change back and forth between. So, yeah, I mean, you can definitely fine tune it. That is so interesting to me. You know, I started to track my sleep with my watch and I know these things are not hundred percent accurate, but yeah. I was also surprised because, you know, I typically don't have issues going to to bed, like I go to bed and I can fall asleep easily. And then typically I sleep through the night and I count the time on my clock, right? From when I go to sleep to when I wake up, but my, my watch was saying that I was sleeping less hours. And I was listening to um, an interview that you do at, at the Dr. Oster show, what you talk about, um, I think it was there that I heard it, that it's, it's also the effectiveness of the sleep, right? If you're not in your window, maybe you're not really having an effective sleep and that's why you need more time. Did I understand that? Yeah, so it's, a, yeah, it's a quality quantity game, right? So what happens is, is when your brain isn't getting the quality it wants, it just prolongs the quantity trying to get more of it. And so what invariably happens to me was I didn't start out only sleeping six hours and 15 minutes a night. 
Um, I started out sleeping seven and a half hours a night. And what, what invariably happened to me was I kept my schedule so consistent that I just started getting up earlier and earlier and earlier. And now I go to bed around midnight. I wake up around 6.15 every single day. And I mean, I'm the sleep doctor, you know? So, <laughs> I mean, it just, I think it's just one of those things that it'll shrink itself. If you're just, it's really, here's the bottom, bottom line about sleep. It requires two things, consistency and acceptance, okay? Consistency as discipline, right? Go to bed at the same time, wake up at the same time, do these things. Eventually your body will snap into a good rhythm and you'll sleep better. Acceptance, not everybody has a great night's sleep every single night, period, end of story. I'm the sleep doctor and I have crappy sleep sometimes. Something's going on with my daughter, I don't sleep well. That's just how it is, you know? So that's okay, like we're all humans, right? That's where the acceptance mm -hmm. part comes in. Like don't crack yourself over the head if, you if you're not sleeping well. If it makes sense why you're not sleeping well, see if you can figure out either some hacks that can help you out with it or get to the root of the, of the issue, right? So I know why I'm not sleeping well because my daughter just moved out of the house <laughs> and I miss her. So that's, that makes perfect sense to me. So, you know, now I get, now I call her every day and it's getting better. So, you know, that's how you do it is recognize what's when something's going on with your sleep, recognize it. Um, it's a sign sometimes of something else or sometimes of an invariable sleep disorder. Well, Dr. Bruce, it's been such an interesting conversation and I can talk to you for hours. I know you have other commitments and I don't want to close this episode without sharing with our listeners how they can get in contact with you, how they can sure. um, buy your new book. We'll put all the links on the show notes, but if you can share a little bit of information on how people can contact with you through you know, your webpage or social media, or what is the Absolutely. best way to learn Absolutely. more about this topic? Because we're only scratching the surface today and you have so <laughs> interesting studies that I really recommend everyone, one, grab the book, really recommend this one, the power of when, and I'm so looking forward to your new book. Well, thanks. I'm glad to hear it. So um, I'm, I'm super easy to find on the internet. It's just the sleep doctor, doctors all spelled out.com. So it's easy to find, go to Google, type in sleep doctor. I usually come up right away. Um, so that's one place to find me. I'm actually on social media as the sleep doctor as well on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I actually have a TikTok video right now that's gone crazy believe it or not, teaching people how to fall back asleep in the middle of the night. Um, so I'm on all of those forms of social media, um, which is great. And the new book um, will be out uh, December 14th. But if you go to Energize Myself, you can pre-order it now. So you can go to Amazon and order it right now. And if you do that, go to this website, Energize Myself, and you can be part of our pre-order campaign, which means um, in about three weeks, we're going to have a whole uh, set of videos from Stacy and I that will actually walk you through the book before you even get it. And it's got all kinds of fun bonus material and things like that. So you'll really dig it. Oh, absolutely. You don't want to miss that. We'll put the link on the show notes so you can grab a copy of the book and grab all the free resources. Um, thank you very much, Dr. Bruce, for being here today. I'm so honored, so grateful. Um, it's been an amazing conversation. The more I read about this, the nerd in me wants to learn even more. It's, it's fascinating. It is. It's very interesting stuff. I will definitely get you a copy of the new book. Thank you so much.
Okay, tell me that that was not just fascinating. I never thought how much impact when has in our lives and how we're constantly trying to adjust our when to social norms and how that is holding us back to really feel the most energetic that we can, but also perform our our best. So if you like today's podcast episode, big favor, go to Apple Podcasts or iTunes and leave me a review. While you're there, make sure that you subscribe so you get notifications of upcoming podcast episodes. And remember, on the show notes, we have included all the links that we reference on today's conversation with Dr. Michael Bruce. With that, I hope you have an amazing day and I will see you here again next week for another episode of the Leading Yourself podcast.